0: I did the, uh, this presentation for PESI, three hours. We're gonna talk about, about it in an hour. Uh, I'm gonna go, at least go through some of the sh- slides. Um, but the feedback that I got was that it was helpful. And so I'm not gonna, we're gonna post the the slide deck on, on the blog uh, later today. So you can see the slide deck and the handouts. Uh, and if you want to go, here the whole three hours. I'm sure Pessy would be happy to let you purchase that. I, I thought it might be helpful just to go through that um, because part of the, what part of my messaging to clients is like the things you need to do for your mental health are the things that you need to do to help your immune system. It's it's that simple, and um, and so really helping people people work on those concrete tasks right now is is helpful. Uh, please this be a dialogue versus a monologue and so put things in the chat box and uh, Natasha will bring it up for you. Um, so um, what we're gonna do is look at um, behaviors that support mental health immune system, food strategies. Uh, we looked a little bit about opportunities and boundaries virtually because I think that's really interesting right now. And then how to create a plan for people to like do self-care and how that will work. So for those of you who have been following us, this, I really focus on the power supply within this and focus on the body so that the brain and our relationships and our mind have enough um, energy. And I'm going to just slot. If I go too fast, you know, raise your hand and say, slow down. Uh, really focusing, talking to people about how, what does it take to be in their smart, responsive brain? Because biologically we are wired in a crisis to use our limbic system because a thousand years ago, if there was a crisis, somebody was trying to kill us or we were trying to kill somebody. And so it was a good idea to use all the adrenaline you could. And now we are in a, in an era where, um, keeping switched out of that brain and being responsive because right now, I mean, the pandemic is really like it, there's some scariness to it for sure. But my immediate world, I need to be thinking about my immediate world and conscious of my boundary setting, my spacing between people, washing my hands. When was the last, what, what kind of contact am I having with people? That is all, done up here much better than running around with the lizard. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, Chan Hellman. Uh, I'm also gonna put a plug in next Friday uh, at 1.30 Pacific time. Chan Hellman is, is, has agreed to do, uh, to do a discussion with us. And he is this amazing researcher out of the University of Oklahoma who's been researching hope for 10 years and under, really has a great understanding of the consequences of ACEs and trauma and, and, um, and like, how, how do we have hope? And like, what, what else do we need right now, right? Like we really need to be about that. And he uh, defines hope as having willpower and power, And so willpower is that you wanna do something, you have hope for a goal, And the way power is that you can see the small little steps that'll help you move forward to get to that goal. And I think how we're going to lower people's anxiety is to help them focus on that and and clarify what their goals are in this moment. Um, And help them overcome the barriers and reinforce the pathway of success. And so that's really what I want to focus on today. And I'm going to Gloss over some food, sleep, and exercise, um, but that's going to be the focus unless somebody's like, "No, do more food, or do more sleep." Um, so, one of the things that I'm really starting each each time I meet with a client um, is, "How are you doing? What's your energy supply?" Because, like that, we got to know because. I don't know about you, but the decision-making that I'm making on a daily basis is novel, 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 novel. And I really need to keep that energy supply up. And And I know what my list is. So, like, my if I get up and walk 10 minutes in the morning, like, I, I'm, I have much better energy in the day than if I just jump into things. And I'm like, you have to do that each day. Um, and so, uh, so, so I'm getting that done because I know that has a big impact. So really talking to people about their power supply and uh, what happens. If you're hearing regular fives, like the best number for the day is a five, like you, you have to start problem solving in terms of like food, sleep, and exercise and in terms of the discussion because they don't have the, the energy to change if they're reporting fives regularly. Uh, we're gonna skip that exercise. So, um, so the, the things that I'm having people really focus on is first and foremost, have a schedule. What I learned in the recession in 2009 is um, people who are used to having jobs uh, quickly uh, and get fired uh, quickly descend into really dark depression and high levels of anxiety by not having having uh, the structure that work plays into people and uh, I had a number of people who are like, oh, "I hate my job, I want to quit the economy 's great, I should get a new job and then bang, they were fired and and they and i 'm okay for the first week, like just doing whatever, but particularly with the schedule, getting up at the same time going to bed at the same time, and eating relatively the same time is so important for the body, because otherwise, the body is guessing. One of the things that I, one of the references I make to my clients is that, like, our body is a three-year-old, and if you give a three-year-old no schedule, no predictability, don't tell it what's going to happen, like, you are, the three-year-old is going to control your life, and, um, but if you put the, three-year-old to bed at the same time and get them up at the same time and go play at the same time and eat at the same time like you can have a a really great relationship with the three-year-old and and our body is still the same and we deplete GABA and we have glucose control problems if we don't have a schedule so I'm really talking to people a lot about the schedule in terms of sleep it's super Super tempting to work at home and then get the kids to sleep, and you just want to have a moment and then you get online and then you play games until two o'clock in the morning, and then you get up late, or you don't get enough sleep. That decreases your ability to have a sense of connection to people. Um, that uh that of course decreases your ability to repair yourself and, and makes you super fatigued. And so and, and it see, in the research, it seems like locking down when you get up is much more important than locking down when you go to bed. Um, and, and some people have a really hard time with that. And so I'm really encouraging them to um, do that. So um, there is this technology that I really like people using this very old technology called pen and paper. And before you go to bed at night, writing out a list of what you have to get done, because our brain consumes a lot of energy, particularly when we feel like we're in a crisis or the what, what we're responding to is not predictable. If we have a list, we don't have to get it done. We just need it, need it, need our brain to not be holding that information. And so like, and, and even though I do this for a living, I, um, I talk about it all the time, you know. Generally, when my life is kind of routine, I don't write down breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I just do it; it's automated. But uh, this week, I had online seminars uh, when I normally eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and so I had to put that down on the schedule to remind myself that I needed to eat a little early, and I needed to make sure I get a snack because so that so that my system didn't get too out of balance. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just getting, sitting down and putting down everything I think that I need to get done in the day. And then at the end of the day, I can check them all off and I feel like I accomplished something because quite frankly, I can't remember what happened in the beginning of the day because it's so busy. So, um, I... Uh, Natasha and I were having a great discussion yesterday about this. And I think we, I'm calling this the great pause. And, um, and even though like my life is not slowed down in any way, shape or form, there's a lot of things in my life that I used to do that are, that are on pause for now. So I'm calling it the great Pause, And I think that we should all have something that we can hope for, like a small goal that we are absolutely in control of to get it done. And, uh, and, and, uh, Natasha, uh, do you want to comment on on this, on on our conversation yesterday?
1: Sure. Um, so when Kristen sort of brought this up and she asked me, um, what, you know, what I would want to look back and, and could say I did, I started listing things that I would be doing anyway. Um, so like finishing the book that Kristen and I are writing together or things like that. And, um, And in part, I work from home um, unless I have meetings or I'm at at conferences anyway. And so, and my work has not really slowed down. In fact, I'm I'm busier, but I'm doing a lot of the same things. And so in some respects, my life is oddly the same, even though we're all going through this health crisis. And so I was like, there is nothing kind of reaction to Kristen. And then um, after I was thinking about it a bit, um, I remembered, I sort of started, uh, it took me a little while to sort of attach to the value of creating space for something different or bringing something forward that I'd been thinking of. And uh, quite a while ago, um, I had made a, a hundred hour list. So this idea that you can gain some level of mastery if you do some activity or something for a hundred hours. Um, and and then I made my list of the, all the things that I would do and then put it away and never looked at it again. So I dug it out at the end of yesterday and started looking at it and uh, I haven't chosen yet, but um, I am gonna choose one of those things and commit to doing 100 hours over the next couple months of learning a new skill. Um, so. Sure. I, I thank you so much. I, I, was, I really love
0: Victor Frankl's work, um, Man's Search for Meaning. And if you haven't read that book, I would really encourage you to read it. But like, so he's a, he, he survived concentration camps. And he's really clear that part of how you make meaning to your life and that you can get up and live to the next day is that you have something that you're personally in control of. And we're not at that extreme, but some people feel like they're at that extreme. And what I have found is in my life, like having something that is super personal to me. Like when I was in medical school, I also got my black belt and the black belt actually was much more personal to me than, than becoming a physician at the time. And, um, and because there, there was a lot of otherness about becoming a physician in terms of making my professors happy and all of that. And, and so there's been a number of times where I'm like, okay, there's this change in moment and I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on it. For me, I'm gonna learn how to do handstands. I almost had handstands five years ago before my motor vehicle accident and this is my time to get them back. Uh, does it and i would love if somebody has something that they they want to get done because we're going to have probably 100 days i think that's a great frame you could put it in the chat box and just one one thing that you personally are like in that moment what i got done was this right and like genie Jeannie earlier said that she's making masks and that may be her thing that she she made a certain month mass or you know mm-hmm. uh, Barb's put in that she's going to move well, that's a big one <laughs> <You know? laughs> like yeah so I think helping oh. our clients identify this oh mm-hmm. here we go full yoga camel pose mm. and 100 like, masks oh, nice. nice nice yeah nice and I'm gonna move to the next slide but if you come up with ideas just throw them in the tech box so uh, one of the things that I talk about is like, how do you mark the accumulation of, into change? Because like a lot of people are like, oh, I want the opportunity, I wanna exercise more. Well, like you go for a walk and then what? Like, that was nice, you know? And it, I like, um, I've had patients who have gotten a jar and they just put in, in a, um, a little piece of glass every time they go for a walk and one patient, Uh, She counted all the glass, and when she started it, she could barely walk a half block. And when she she counted it all, there were like 530 pieces of glass. And she was hiking Europe with her husband. Like, that's not really that many times. I mean, it's a lot, but like relative to the amount of time that she had been incapacitated, it's not. And um, and so like, I'm kind of curious. Like, how many times do I have to put effort towards? um, towards learning how to do a handstand, it'll probably be less than a hundred. Um, uh, and, and, and then that when people do that, then they're like, Oh, there's this thing that I want. And I probably, if I do it less than a hundred times, I'm going to be somewhat competent at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I think it's really helpful to have people mark what they're putting an effort towards, um, And so like Jeannie will have a hundred masks so she can count them all. Uh, But like how many times does she have to try to do a full yoga camel and maybe your body will let her do it. Maybe it won't, but like being able to be like, well, I did this 75 times in the time that we were in the great pause and I'm a lot better now will be awesome. Okay. So uh, this was just a little science. So GABA is the neurotransmitter that really helps us um, stabilize our brain and our emotions. And uh, it helps regulate the neurological system as well as the immune system. And when we get hypoglycemic or we don't have a schedule and we don't sleep and we drink too much sugar and alcohol, um, and we don't move our body and we just focus on stress and feed that, uh, we deplete our body of GABA. So that was just sort of a little science that I threw in there. And so checking in to make sure that everybody's getting enough sleep uh, for the adults that are with children. I was talking yesterday to somebody who has a five-year-old, but the five-year-old's not going to bed until 11. The five-year-old needs 10 to 13 hours of sleep. Like put that kid in a bed. Um, And so really making sure people are getting the hours of sleep which may mean taking the screens away an hour before bed. Sleep does all sorts of great things for you. Uh, you can read about that. Uh, Kathleen Kathleen Darling from PESI does a really great all-day seminar on sleep if you want more information. Move your body. Here's all the things that moving your body does, just in case you didn't know. Um, it also helps uh, for the vulnerable populations. It really helps your immune system and lowers part of why the over 60 crowd is really struggling with this virus is because of, of uh, that. They have higher um, inflammation markers uh, and, and ec- exercise is really one of the best things to lower inflammation. And so getting people moving is uh, super helpful. Um, and it increases our resilience. And so one of the things that when this first started, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to now learn the difference between efficient systems and efficient lives and resilient lives. And in when we have efficient lives, like we're go, 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 and everything's tightly stacked and we, we can't deviate from the plan where resiliency, we could do this and we can do that and we can ad- adapt to this and we can adapt to that. And our medical system has been sliced down to really efficient and not resilience. And we're looking at that. And so like how, and part of that is having metrics of how much more capacity do you have? So, you know, how much do you walk, but how much more could you walk occasionally? Right? So if you walk a mile every day, like on occasion, can you walk three miles and not be in pain? Uh, You carry your groceries, but can you carry a bag of of cat litter? Like, where's that, like, bump up, and how far is it, and is it far enough? So checking in with your energy level, and then for those of you who have seen, so let's just check in what our energy level is right now, and for those of you who have seen me do lectures before, we're going to all stand up because we've been sitting And for a count of four, I want you to do something with your body. You can do squats, you can dance, you can clap over your head, you can march in place. So we're going to do a count of four. Ready? One, two, three, four. Okay. Now check back in on your energy level. Some of you are like yeah it's the same but others of you are like may have gotten one or two points anybody have a have an effect or not an effect just by 30 seconds of movement you can just put that in the chat box um, this is something you can do with your clients who are really fatigued right uh, in the we have the diet industry has put in our brain that if we're going to exercise we have to do these big momentums we have got to go to the gym and we got to work out for an hour and and really just a little helps and Mm -hmm. if that little didn't help maybe you need a bigger dose and some people have a slight delay so you may feel better in 15 20 minutes um if you need something to read about exercise in the brain, John Ratty, the book Spark is an awesome book. I'm sure that you're all working with people to connect to people. Uh, one of the exercises a friend of mine was doing uh, with their clients is like going through almost like who is the most significant person for you in grade school and who is the most significant people for you in junior high school, and who is the most significant? like, kind of different errands, and, like, really naming those people, and then encouraging her clients to go find them, and and see if they can connect to them, just, just to say hi, just to say, I really appreciated you at that time, Um, uh, that I think that that's, and, and, and increasing the way we connect to each other, and some of our clients were really going to need to handhold them into connecting online because they, it's so foreign to them. Um, it, it's, um, it would be, it's a way to, to, to help like it, um, having multiple connections right now is really important because some connections are going to fray and other connections are really going to strengthen. And so, um, I love, uh, bar, uh, I'll let Natasha um, do the text sure. box. Like I'm practicing doing yeah. the text box because I'm going to do a seminar on my own, but.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So Barb said that uh, she talked to her high school English teacher in Florida last week. Um,
0: how fun is that?
1: Which is fun. Yep.
0: Um, so how many of you are talking to people. I'm just going to slide through this about the importance of food. Um, And is it helping? Because right now for the people who are kind of panicky, if they, if they start eating food, like minimally, it's going to come down to a seven, which is still going to be uncomfortable. Um, But um, not, you know, then you can use tools where at 10 out of 10, like a panic attack, it's going to be really hard. Um, I talked to one person on my seminar who, who both of her kids are in healthcare. And so her, she's got a worry committee who's just always worried about their kid, her kids. And, and she said, it's really disrupting her life. And I asked her, you know, when do you eat? And she's like, I'm so upset that I don't generally eat until three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, wow, like you're, you're going to be really anxious. And so there's like, let's get up in the morning and get some juice in and then get some breakfast and really focus on the routines of your life. Because, and, and how, how I'm framing it to people and her is like, your, your kids are going to, your kids right now are doing fine. They're healthy, they're doing their job, they're saving lives, but, but there's going to be a time where they might be sick or something else might happen, and you have to be super strong, and so you have to be shoring up your system right now, uh, and, and, and you need to not get sick so that they don't have to worry about you, and she was like, oh, right, like the, you know, the, the idea, she just hadn't seen that this is, this is the beginning of a longer term project that we're in. And, and, and that by focus, it's not selfish focusing on herself. it It's helping build a better and more resilient system.
1: Yeah. And so Jeannie says that um, she's talking to everyone about food and fuel and that it really helps. Great. Thank you.
0: Um, so this is, this is the G87. And when people um, are uh, fueling themselves uh, every two or three hours, it, these get better. Uh, depression, these get better. Uh, this is a study that showed that uh, 67 adults, when they met with a nutritionist versus social support, um, they had less medical costs and less societal costs, like missing work at the same time as, as much. Um, Diet recall, we're going to just skip through that. So just as a reminder, these are the slides. Like When we just have carbohydrates, which is so seductive right now, like I want my carbs. Um, And uh, because it tells my lizard brain everything's okay. And I'm like, okay, you can have your ice cream. Like I'm having my little dish of ice cream, but I just scoop out a couple of dishes and then I say to the committee, I use the committee, like you can have more, But you got to wait 20 minutes. And generally I'm not interested after 20 minutes because I got the sugar I needed rather than going through the entire pint, which I could do right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I just have sugar um, without any protein, my brain is going to be feel fine for about two hours. And then the lizard brain is going to start talking to me. Uh, So then the adrenaline, because the adrenaline comes in the room. So we can eat sugar every two hours. That's one strategy, or we can make sure we're getting protein with carbs, fiber, and fat at every meal. And uh, really helping people focus on that is making a difference. I've I've had a number of people. Somebody wrote me. Um, yesterday and was like i uh i've been to they had been to multiple of my pesi seminars and they are using the material for all of their clients and it was really helping and everybody was sort of settling down and getting to the work that needs to be done in this moment um and uh so uh so when we don't um feed ourselves we will Eat off of our body and our muscle mass, um, which creates brain fertilizer. Um, when our muscle mass needs, we need muscle mass to create brain fertilizer. So the exercise we did uh, created some brain derived neurotropic factor, which is awesome. And it's also helping prevent insulin resistance. And if if you ha- if somebody's new to this information, there's, there's videos under education uh, at kristenowlett.com. I'm kind of going through, through it quickly. Cause uh, I know some of the people in the room have seen this a lot. Um, there's a summary. Uh, lizard brain treats, super helpful. So if you get on, get online with a client and they're like, la, 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 and you're like, go get some food go get something, go get some juice, some nuts, something with a little bit of sugar in it, some protein in it. And what you'll see is if they eat that, like within about 10 minutes, their brain is just going to, their brain and mind is going to click in and you're going to be like, hi, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about how we're going to manage this. But talking to somebody totally flipped out and you can ask them, when was the last time you ate? And If it's been more than three hours, like they're, they, I don't care how hearty of the breakfast is, they're tapped out because our brains are just burning through fuel. Um, If they're waking at 3 a.m., another time to have a lizard brain treat. What I'm finding is, um, like, I'm not sleeping through the night because my brain's like, "Whoa, we've processed all of that, we've put it into filing, and we need more fuel." And so I'm, you know, like, okay, go get up a little fuel, and then I go back to sleep. Um, for longer term things, for people who are working and dealing with um, with the crisis, I'm really recommending make sure. Particularly, like I was talking to a friend who works for government, and like every morning she gets in, she goes to the to the incident crisis meeting, and it like really not pretty statistics are given every day. And I'm like, go fueled. Just before you go to that, eat a pro, you know, eat a uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Make sure you get some protein in it, so that your lizard brain is not actively talking to you. Um, we could talk more, but this, the, the, there's, this handout will be in the packet, which will be on the blog. Um, but having people just try and eat protein every three hours makes a big difference into bringing that anxiety down and giving us more energy to deal with everything that's coming at us. Um, I can go into more detail. There's also, uh, um, videos and podcasts going into more detail. So here's all the mental health things, uh, diagnoses that, that get worse with low glucose and high adrenaline. For those of you who are mental health professionals, the PTSD really gets going um, when people are low in glucose. Uh, part of the reason why people aren't hungry is because the adrenaline's going, and so getting a little juice in, particularly in the mornings if they're not hungry, is really helpful for them for their body to sort of orient that it needs food. Uh, this was my pessy talk. Um, this is just all the things that protein does. I want to kind of slide through this um, so how are we doing for time uh okay, great um so one of the things that i really think we have to um, be doing some motivational interviewing with our clients is asking them what amount of alcohol marijuana screen time is too much because it's just going to slide up so the people who are like oh i'll have a glass or two of wine at dinner like it's going to be really easy being at home to have to start drinking at three and then, well, then we're going to have a glass of wine making dinner. And then, you know, kids are going to be bonkers. So we're going to have a glass of wine. And uh, and then now that everything's quiet, I just want to go have that beer. <laughs> and That is going to be super easy to do. Um, and so as we're early on really asking them, like, what is too much beer or marijuana or screen time um uh for you and just having them um them say that and i'm already talking to some friends who are getting phobic about leaving the house like people need to leave the house and they need to leave the house and do something other than go to the grocery store like they need to go for a walk around the block every day uh, but screening that because it's going to be really easy to just let for some people to like over um, cocoon themselves in. The other thing that I'm talking to people about because screens are going to become so important is really differentiating what kind of event the screen is. So um, is it, uh, is it work? Like I'm trying to connect with people at this moment. And so it may be work, but it also is a form of connection versus me getting on my phone and, and, and looking for cat videos, which I can like scroll through way too many cat videos um, and just disappear. And that kind of screen time um, really accelerates depression in people. And so and. St- and and limits them from moving their lives forward and and that's why I want people to have a goal and so like you know I haven't quite had open time yet but um I could see that like before you go do some and you know some social media and some just scrolling is fine um doing it obsessively for hours is not um but I have to go work on my handstands first like I'm trying to create little activities like I've started doing Duolingo uh, and maybe I'll get a little better with my Spanish, but I'm trying to do things that are, um, that are, that are that there's some learning to it, there's some intentionality to it um, and having those conversations with people uh, would be helpful. Uh, vegetables are actually really important to the immune system so like if you're talking to people about food uh, find a vegetable that they like they can just eat one vegetable if they're not eating vegetables Um, probiotics uh, having healthy gut bacteria which is the same formula good food good sleep good relationships move your body it's always all the same Um, being around animals and gardening that's another thing because uh, we are now creating a hyper sterile environment, which is not good for our immune system. And so, um, you know, like as this goes over time, at this point, it's not a problem. But if this goes on for more than 60 days, like how are we going to get outside and get dirty? Not get the, the, nor- the COVID virus, but like get bacteria and get, you know, and gardening's a great place to do that. Uh, probiotic foods are awesome Uh, uh, my one tip there there are only a few foods that I think are worth uh, trying because this virus is super smart and and a lot of the herbs that we use are gonna not be effective and so it looks like vitamin C is helpful might be helpful Um, the other thing is coconut milk and and butter and oil Um, has this uh, fatty acid that helps the immune system. And so if I can get, uh, a, when I have nurses or school teachers come in and they're getting every cold flu under the sun, if I can get them to eat coconut milk or, or oil regularly throughout the day, they do a lot better. Um, and so that's like taking a can of coconut milk, like the real coconut milk, and and decanting it and just put it in a jar and, and, and eating a tablespoon of it or putting it in a smoothie or putting it into, into, like we're gonna have a pot thai sauce that has coconut milk in it tonight. We're super excited about it. Maybe I'll put a link to that recipe if I can find that recipe online. Um, But just like a little bit of coconut milk might help your immune system function a little better in this moment. This is my treats coconut or French macaroons. So uh, and part of what uh, because we're all going to want to eat sugar and so if some people are really concerned about their sugar intake like just defining what the treat is and how much it's going to be in a day. Um, I need to find a different treat because those are my favorite treat is at the airport. So this is what a good meal looks like a little protein. We got some chicken and some egg and some cheese and we got some veggies and we got some croutons like that. That is another way to just eat. I did labels, but we're going to skip that today. (coughs) What opportunities and risks do we have doing telemedicine? I'm super excited that I get to be in people's homes. And if they permit it, I get a tour of what resources they have. Uh, And I can walk them through how to start cooking. Like that, that is totally different. Like it's going to change some of the conversations we have. And I do that with my friends regularly. Like I'll cook with my friends regularly and I do not want to have a friendship with my clients. I want to have a therapeutic relationship with them. And so I was really thinking about like how, like, how do I make sure if I'm going into the kitchen with somebody to help them get started um, uh, what boundaries am I going to have? And I think that part of that is being really clear what your therapeutic frame is and the therapeutic frame that, uh, that I like because I'm really behaviorally driven and I really like Chan's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, he has this in his book. Most of that is his, uh, some of it I have rearched into more my language, but the, but the basics are there is um is have your client uh identify a goal so so like handstands right and uh and describe it in as much detail and like I almost had handstands until I was in this car accident, and then I just ripped all this and so I can't do that and and i and I couldn't do a lot with my upper body, but now that's back, and so I really want that, and how much do I want the goal mm it's not the highest, but it's not low. So I would say medium high. And so if they say medium high, like, okay, might be able to move forward. Uh, what's motivating you to achieve that goal? Um, uh, I want to, uh, one of my goals was to be 50 and be able to do pull ups. I think we're going to throw that out to 60, but I want to be 50 and 55 and be able to do handstands. Um, so that's my motivation. Uh, can you create a future goal? I gotta put the chat box away and describe what it'll feel like to have it. Well, I have to say, and I don't really understand the physiology because I haven't spent a minute, but I really liked doing handstands when I was practicing it. Like there was something about, I don't know if it's getting blood to my brain or just like the oddity of it or that hangman is my, one of my most common tarot cards that comes up. I don't, I don't know what the connection was, but I really like the idea of like a handstand and it just, and so I want that back. And so I have a little bit of a past memory, but I can kind of imagine like, um, being able to just, whenever there's a wall that's open, like I don't even want to do a hand free stand. I just want to do a wall hand, handstand. Like being able to just kick up and do a handstand. I think that would be so cool. Like I could do that in hotel rooms, like, you know, like, and I instantly can work out my upper body. Like so cool. Uh, three ways that I can achieve that. So uh, I have different exercises that help me build those tools up I'm not going to go into the details but I do have three I have ways that I can practice by leaning up against a wall with my hand so I don't even have to kick up and then off of a bed and then off of different things and so I'm developing different places depending on where I am and what I'm doing to just like get a little of that in um what are the potential barriers um uh Putting it off is like one of the biggest barriers and I kind of started this uh, two weeks ago and um, the last week it hasn't really gotten done and uh, so I need to put it on my to-do list um, and uh, and for a while I was a little secretive about that and now I'm not secretive about that uh, and uh, so going through this I'm just sort of leading you through what that conversation might be with a client. Um, Describe a time when you've achieved your goal and overcome barriers. Um, I won't go into a lot of details, but uh, there was a lot of barriers overcoming this motor vehicle accident and and it took a lot longer to overcome that, but like it, it all came together. And so like I kind of, now that it's all come together, I wanna go back to a goal that I had. Um, and so, uh, but some people really struggle identifying a goal that they have achieved in the past, but we all have that. Like, we're all competent walkers. Uh, some people are competent driving cars. How did they learn how to drive a car? Um, how did they learn the job that they have? Like, you know, like sometimes people um, underplay their competency, and so finding an area in their, where they got competent and how did they get out of it. Um, what are the minimal achievements for knowing that you're moving towards your goal? And, uh, for me, it's being able to do, um, to, to like be on a, my feet are on a bed and my hand yeah. is on the floor and be able to do an L and hold that, uh, for longer periods of time. And the longer I can hold it and the more sets I can hold it, I know that I am moving forward. Um, what people and resources do you need? So I, asked my fitness trainer, which we're doing a little virtual stuff, like to help me focus on that. And she gave me some new tools, which was really helpful. And I got a yoga mat from my husband, uh, which helps uh, because I'm now doing it at home. And then what are the next couple of steps to help you achieve that? Um, And, and also mark that and I haven't put together a little base, but I need to and, um, and so I'm going to put together a base. What do people think of this frame uh, in terms of using this as a therapeutic frame or some other therapeutic frame so that, so that you're helping people first plan what they're going to do before they execute it? And it might take a couple of, of, of sessions before they start moving toward their goal and having full-blown help. And if you want to say something longer, please unmute your mic.
1: Hi, this is Jeannie. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, you know what? I like this. I mean, I do this in a form, but I really like sometimes to have things just like step by step. And some clients relate so well to, um, you know, some people need it kind of informal throughout the month, but other people respond really well to pragmatic steps. And so I think I really like this. This is going to be a nice helpful tool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think even the people who are a little more intuitive and kind of want to, um, I, I think that when, as we move into crisis, those people actually appreciate a little more pragmatic steps and sometimes they'll go through it a little more quickly, but like, let's think about these things together is helpful. Mm -hmm. Other thoughts from people? And if not that, like how how like what are how are you gonna hold a therapeutic frame online differently than than when you were seeing face to face in your own office? Because that does change the dynamics. Like we're now in their space rather than them being in our space. That's a learning curve. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I kind of laughed at myself. I was like, okay, what are my boundaries? And I'm like, I don't want to be in other people's bedrooms. And then I just did my first seminar, and half the people were sitting on their bed. And I'm like, well, that's not. And then uh, uh, on the PESI seminar yesterday, somebody was like, well, I'm not going to be in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's probably a good bedroom. Is <laughs> like, okay, we agree as professionals, no being in the bedroom.
1: And then someone else says um, so far their folks are asking for more accountability than normal. Folks
0: are asking for more accountability than normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think accountability right now, like is it, cause people need the structure, right? Mm-hmm. People really need structure right now. Yeah. And some people don't know how to set up their own
1: structure. Mm-hmm. And people need to, another comment is people need to, uh, get through their discomfort with the new format um yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah how how are people helping with that like i um you know i'm i'm not a high technology person and like um so i haven't quite gone online yet because i want to approach that a little more slowly because i'm not a tech person but what I've done in the past, like when I get a new computer or something like that, like when I switch from Dell, Dell to Mac, is I just play for a while. Like, are you because if when we play, then it's not so intense. And anybody doing like, how are people helping their clients acclimate to online? Um, and I can see it going both ways, like just doing normal, and it and people and the technology slips away, or Or doing something a little silly to help people be like, oh, like it's hard to break, right? The thing about play is then you run it. I think sometimes people are uptight because they don't know what the rules are and how, like, how they can crash the system or something like that. Just a thought.
1: Yeah, so a couple of comments coming in. Um, uh, Lots of fun conversation in the beginning about the background. Um, they report how many days they haven't showered or worn makeup, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then someone else says, uh, a client who's a Boeing engineer, um, we helped each other. So, uh, now doing zoom. So, so she's now doing zoom with her granddaughter. Yeah. She's a rock star with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now there's one more thing in terms of, um, like people are going to want to be like, They'll have goals of eat better, exercise more, sleep more, less screen time, but like really helping them have more than just one idea on how to reach that goal is helpful. Uh, Or another frame is what can you do 15 minutes today that'll give you more energy and mental clarity and move towards your goal. That's another nice frame for people in terms of accountability. And we're about to hand in our manuscript for our book. So it's, it's happening.
1: One question that just came in, um, Ben Lynch is blowing up Facebook. He talked about lack of melatonin in older adults.
0: Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Ben, Ben Lynch is, he's a naturopathic physician who has done a lot of work on the methyl hydrofolate gene. He's a smart guy for sure. Um, I, um, I'm super conservative and, uh, I, have heard, I've heard him, I understand his argument. Um, and what, what I'm following from, from the folks in China through my acupuncture and from the CDC is is that like this is a this is a smart virus and and it and it is it is utilizing some some mechanisms that we usually hit viruses on. And so I I've decided that until I have other information, I'm just keeping to the basics. And the basics for me is adequate amounts of vitamin D, uh, some vitamin C that there's some suggestion that vitamin C is safe um, for when you get the virus, Uh, but vitamin C helps keep viruses out. So like a thousand milligrams a day and a little bit of zinc, like 30 30 grams of zinc. And as I said in my newsletter, and that like, other than that, like I'm really having people focus on on the basics of like get your sleep get your exercise uh get your good because all of those so the thing about melatonin is that that it's an anti-inflammatory and i'm like yeah but it's a supplement and and an anti-inflammatory for getting enough sleep and exercise is gonna be better and so I like I'm uh, I'm not saying don't follow what he's doing don't follow his suggestions but I'm not recommending it.
1: And yeah, I think part of the appeal is the it's a pill to take as opposed to more of a behavior yeah. change um yeah. and that's that's where I like yeah. my curiosity peaks right it's like an easier yeah. out. Um, And then someone else asked about, what about magnesium supplements? And I'll just tag on to that, that, um, because it's similar. I've also been hearing a lot of recommendations for potassium.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so I like magnesium again, like uh, to the question to me is like, are we supporting the health of the body? Just the, the overall homeostasis of the body that to me, that's the question that I want to hold to is like, are we helping support just general functioning? And magnesium, um, one, your body will only take in what it needs. And so if you're taking too high of a dose, you will get loose stools and you should not do that for very long. Uh, And magnesium really before bed really helps people sleep. And so like a little magnesium, if you're doing magnesium, I think is a good thing because it's going to Help your overvi overall vitality. Magnesium is used by the immune system, but it it's it's a it's a supportive mechanism, and it, and, it, and it I'm not worried about it in terms of the the physiology of the virus. Um, so I think magnesium is a good idea. Um, just in terms of general, like and and if you're do whatever you're doing, and and what what you're doing to support your health in general and your vitality in general stick with that plan uh the
1: potassium was that the same oh the potassium
0: yeah so potassium for me potassium is eat fruits and vegetables yeah you know (laughs) like supplementing potassium is a little tricky Mm -hmm. uh you know there's been a lot of talk about supplementing potassium in the keto, uh, in the keto world. And there's some efficacy around that. Um, and getting in lots of fruits and vegetables. And I'm not sure I would be doing a super stringent diet at this point. Like if you're already doing it, stay with whatever you're doing, but like you have to don't, don't, I don't want people jerking the body around, like find what you Mm. can do and find what you can maintain because, um, and not dropping in and out of complex, diets right now. I, don't, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a good idea because it's costly to the immune system when you do that. Uh, how much magnesium? I saw that question. So um, magnesium, uh, it, it depends on what what it's attached to. And there's like citrate and glycinate and um, I should be able to name more, but um, there's a whole bunch of different doses, And so I would just look on the bottle because they'll know what typically doesn't give people diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And you can play with it, You're like you can take some and then add a little more and add a little more and be like, woo, that was way too much and back it off. Uh, so if you need resources as we go forward, Natasha and I are working really hard to get the book out and get resources to you in this moment. And we're just so appreciative that you all showed up and, um, and keep coming back and telling us what you need. So, great, thank you.
1: Thanks everybody.